Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 852. I smiled. What's in it? Anne squinted at me. Lamb, she said, as if daring me to challenge the fact. It's been a long while since I've had lamb, mother. Could I have a taste? You'll wait same as everyone else, she said sharply. Not even a small taste? I wheedled, giving her my best ingratiating smile. The old woman drew a breath, then shrugged it away. Fine, she said. But it wouldn't be my fault if your stomach sets to aching. I laughed. No, mother, it won't be your fault. I reached for the long-handled wooden spoon and drew it out. After blowing on it, I took a bite. Mother! I exclaimed. This is the best thing to touch my lips in a full year. Oomph, she said, squinting at me. It's the first truth, mother, I said earnestly. Anyone who does not enjoy this fine stew is hardly one of the ruh, in my opinion. Anne turned back to stir the pot and shooed me away, but her expression wasn't as sharp as it had been before. After stopping by the keg to refill my mug, I returned to my seat. Gaskin leaned forward. You've given us a song. Is there anything you'd like to hear? How about Piper Wit? I asked. His brow furrowed. I don't recognize that one. It's about a clever ruh who outwits a farmer. Gaskin shook his head. I'm afraid not. I bent to pick up my lute. Let me. It's a song every one of us should know. Pick something else, Lauren protested. I'll play you something on the pipes. You've played for us once already tonight. I smiled at him. I forgot you piped. You'll like this one, I assured him. Piper's the hero. Besides, you're feeding my belly. I'll feed your ears. Before they could raise any more objections... I started to play, quick and light. They laughed through the whole thing, from the beginning when Piper kills the farmer to the end when he seduces the dead man's wife and daughter. I left off the last two verses where the townsfolk kill Piper. Lauren wiped her eyes after I was done. Heh, you're right, Quoth. I'm better off knowing that one. Besides, he shot a look at Ket where she sat across the fire. It's an honest song. Women can't keep their hands off a piper. Ket snorted derisively and rolled her eyes. We talked of small things until Anne announced the stew was done. Everyone fell to break the silence only to compliment Anne on her cooking. Honestly, Anne, Alec asked after his second bowl, did you lift... A little pepper back in Levenshire. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I have a laundry list of clues on this page. Quoth in particular is being extremely smug and clever and he's slipping digs in wherever he can. So on a previous page, he stepped away ostensibly to piss in the woods. And I posit that what he actually did was grab some herbs that he could use to 
uh, poison the stew. Now, at this point, he's only intending to give them a bad case of indigestion. I don't think he's decided to kill them yet, but I do think that at this point he has decided they are not raw. So, on this page, she says, It won't be my fault if your stomach sets to aching. Quoth laughs and says, No, mother, it won't be your fault, because it will be Quoth's fault. He's about to poison the stew. When I he, love it. When he reaches, so he's, he's contrived this whole situation so he can approach the stew pot and reach for the wooden spoon. And I put to you that the, the text of Quoth saying, I reached for the long-handled wooden spoon and drew it out is when he drops the herbs in to poison the stew. And the reason that that is in the text is so we know that he's taken that action. There's no doubt. Uh, furthermore, he says, anyone who does not enjoy this fine stew is hardly one of the raw, in my opinion, because he is the only one to eat any unpoisoned stew. The other ones are not going to enjoy it because they are not, are not raw. raw. Now, there's even more on this page. He uh, has a song about the raw called Piper Wit, uh, and they say they don't recognize that one. I suppose it's reasonable that Ra might have not encountered a song about them, but then they refuse. They say, no, no, I'm not interested in hearing it. Pick something else. Wouldn't the true Ra want to hear, uh, want to learn a new song to add to the repertoire? And then, finally, another nail in this coffin. Uh, this is what? a racist what? song. This is a... Hey? There, there's definitely more than one clue left. Oh, yeah. But I'm interested well, in which fine. one the, the penultimate okay. nail, perhaps, but, on this on this page. Jeremy? I I, 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 I just want to clarify something here. Quoth asks one of the other people, do you know this song? Would you play it for me? And the guy says, no, I don't know it. And then Quoth says, okay, well, then I'll play it for you. And the guy's like, no, no, pick another song. I'll play you something else. So I don't think, I think the, the clue is just a little bit different contextually because he's not saying, here, I brought you a song you don't know. He's saying, like, I think any row would know this song because it's like a song that people use to make fun of them. And depending on how you play it, it, it can have a happy or a sad ending. So I think you're like, it's suspicious that they don't know it, but it's not. It's like, do you see what I mean? OK, OK, maybe I, uh, it's that itself is not suspicious, I suppose. I think that row would want to be like, oh, actually, please do play it for us because they want to add it. They want to be to encounter it and be kind of add it to the repertoire, or, you know, learn something new. Uh, but then I think what else is um, is relevant is that this is a deeply racist song. I think that Quoth is sugarcoating it when he says, uh, you know, he kills the farmer and then seduces the dead man's wife and daughter. I suspect that the actual text of the of the song is a bit uh, heavier or at least like yeah, it's seducing in the same way that like Zeus seduces Ganymede. Maybe, well, yeah, it's uh, potentially our word, you know. But what I what I think is that this is something that <laughs> Truro would not be like laughing and clapping along with. They would probably be horrified because this song exemplifies the worst uh, of the racist stereotypes about them. I don't think it's a happy or sad song, regardless of of how you play it. I think that this is a song where the text of it is like, "Here's what you can expect from the no good thieving Ra. They're murderers and rapists." Well, this this is an interesting question that I want to pick at because I think you can absolutely read it that way, that this is a racist song that, you know, non-Ra would play about the Ra and it's just like, you know, a minstrel show essentially about how nasty and horrible the Ra are. Or I also think it's possible that it is a song that the Ra sing to each other and that depending on whether you include those last two verses or not, it's about 
a culture hero who does cleverly outwit the, the the bumpkins he runs across and gets away with it. Or it's a song about don't be a clever culture hero who thinks you can outwit these bumpkins because you'll get yourself killed. I think this the latter. Like that was my right away takeaway that like this song is a warning. Don't be a dick. You'll get yourself killed. <laughs> well, if if true, then it's telling that Quoth omits that part. But I think honestly well, yeah, that he omits the, it because he wants them to think he's playing them like a fun song. Well, I think that this is a litmus test. I think that this is sort of his final test of them, which is to see how they react when he plays the song about the Ra and like frames it as this Ra is a hero and is laudable for getting one over on the farmer and betting his uh, his women. And then, of course, they, they laugh. Uh, yeah, their reaction is the nail in their own coffin. Yeah, and then the final nail, Jordana, is uh, when she goes, and Alec says, did you lift a little pepper? Like, yes. just casually stealing it. And I, I think on this read that he's tasting the herbs. He's like, oh, there's something different about this. Must be some pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Because we also, he did make an offhand reference to the fact that they did some thieving in Levenshire on the previous page. He says, we were lucky enough to nick it, nick uh, some beer on our way through Levenshire a couple of days ago. Yeah. And so this, if you missed it, it was a blink and you miss it. This is another one just to drive it home. If you're still so thick as to not notice these many glaring, obvious clues. It also seems to me... I mean, they're more obvious on a second read. (laughs) Yes, indeed. I think that I was genuinely surprised uh, to find out what kind of people they really were. But I also think, as I argued on previous pages, that Rothfuss is doing a good job of building up the sense of unease just through how this troop of people behaves. Like, Anne is kind of this, like, prickly, uh, you know... I can picture her with, like, curlers and a rolling pin kind of, like, uh, nasty person and uh, the Piper guy is like you know there's a way you could read what he says to Kate as just like harmless flirting uh, or like you know the kind of banter that people who know each other have together but he comes off kind of lecherous in a like way where that kid's like oh I have to deal with this guy again uh, being on the road with this this lech again and that just serves to create this mood of like something's not quite right here Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that that unease throughout, and the the menace, the like subtle suggestions of menace here and there. Also, like the the stew being suspect has an air of menace. I'm not going to dive into like a whole crackpot theory that it's like a person stew or whatever, but it is just like her reaction is weird and off putting, and like when she says it's lamb, don't ask any questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a person stew. I think that would take this out of the. But it might be like random squirrel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I bet it might not be lamb, and she's. But I don't know if it's people. (laughs) I don't think they're cannibals. There's no soylent green in the stew. Hmm. Jordana, what do you make of this page? Because you weren't here for the start of the sequence. I, like, remember bits and pieces of the start of the sequence. The one thing that was like, wait, why is this happening? Why does he call her mother? It's because the um, one family. Oh. Yeah, and because Alex says she's mother to us all mm. uh, at one point. So uh, it's, it's I'm getting, like, that, like, uh, like, Dark Brotherhood from Skyrim feelings <laughs> from that. 
<laughs> mother to us all. Uh, it's funny. I think it's also like kind of in the same way that in some cultures, any woman who's not your mom, but is your mom's age is your auntie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it does have that makes, energy, but of course sense. they didn't talk like this in quotes troop. No. So th- I've, I've said this a few times. Uh, and it's possible that like the raw are, are bubbles, you know, like each troop potentially, potentially forms their own culture, their own distinct, discreet, societal norms which is probably why they transfer knowledge through stories and songs so it's not beyond their own possibility that like if this if this was a legitimate troop and they developed this sort of like honorific way of speaking to each other i could see that being reasonable yeah even the raw can't be like a cultural monolith they're gonna have differences from place to place mm-hmm anything else on this page we do have a letter i'd like to read before we get Ooh. too far away from adam I'm good for mailbag. Okay. It's mail time. This is from Grace, the Wolf of Jersey, who writes on ASL and Ademic. Hey, Pagers 3. I was going to wait to write on anything related to ASL until I got to the Edema section of the book, but I just heard page 713 and felt compelled to write. If this is redundant because someone already wrote to you about it, feel free to discard. No, not happening. And I want to read the stuff about the Adem before we get too far away, because otherwise it will no longer be top of mind for us. Grace writes, I am taking ASL currently and have been learning it for about a year and a half. It has a lot of differences from Edemic, mainly that facial expressions are very key to understanding it. A lot of meaning and phrasing and context to the conversation comes from facial expressions. You don't simply sign angry and call it a day. You must convey the level of anger in your face, your body, and the severity of your emotion. In this, it's very different from Edemic, which almost entirely doesn't rely on the face, but the hands to fully convey the message. I imagine it might make it easier to learn because in ASL, you need to watch hands as they are quickly flying around and someone's face and body language all at the same time to understand the meaning. That brings me to why I chose to write on this page. What I love most about ASL is what I also find challenging. I'm reminded of Will almost every class because when I was first learning, I could try to learn as many idioms with each new word. I I would try to learn as many idioms with each new word as I could. Very, very often, my deaf teacher had no clue what the heck I was saying or why I would be asking to learn the phrase. The reason is we do say a lot when speaking to get a point across. So many words to convey one word or two takes an entire sentence. ASL is not a word-for-word translation. You have to think about the meaning of what you are trying to convey and use only the words required. This is very similar to Ademic, where Tempe tells Quoth about how he says so much to say so little. For instance, you would say, okay, let's dive in. In ASL, you would just look at the person and sign start or ready with a questioning expression. It's super challenging and interesting, and partially why I am loving learning it. Thank you again for being awesome. I also heard the episode where you read my first letter. I want to thank Nick for turning Jordana up, because yes, Jordana, you have a more quiet tonal sound. I find myself turning up your sections of reading, and then turning it down when the discussion part comes on. Nothing to change, but I appreciate you guys for thinking of it. Best, signed Grace, not from Jersey, I guess, question mark? Maybe they just like to wear jerseys. Or the or the material of jersey. Yeah. Yes. I this really highlights for me like thank you for the for writing Grace and thank you for the context on ASL. This really drives home for me that Adam Hantock is like backwards ASL where with uh ASL you're signing the words with uh Adam you're speaking the words but your gestures are replacing the facial expressions. So it's not 
you know, it's not like a, a different, la- I mean, it's a different language, but it's not like sign language in the same way it is in the real world. It's like opposite sign language where it's your face that you're prevented from from using. And so the gestures have to replace that part of it. Yeah. I, I, I was about yeah. to say basically the same thing. And that makes it feel like it's an interesting way to take an idea that is familiar and then make it strange. Like, you know, most people are familiar with the idea that people who uh, are hard of hearing or are mute use sign language instead. Uh, but this is like a totally different uh, way of using your hands to talk to people. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, we will use a part of our body to talk to you tomorrow. It's our mouths. And you'll hear them with your ears through the pod network. We don't have a pod network. It's probably too late for us to get one since we're, you know, pretty pretty late in the series. But hey, if you've got any contacts to, you know, Earwolf or MaxFun or one of the legitimate podcast networks, you can uh, <laughs> reach out to us at pageofthewind.com. Or if you just want to write a letter and, uh, and, and, and you know, have your voice heard, uh, we will eventually read it on the podcast. Or you can join the Discord with uh, which the link to it is on our Twitter Ooh, and also on our website, which is pageofthewind.com. And you can go there page to where you can find all of our good stuff. Yeah, you can buy some merch, you can support the show there with a little bit of mon- monetary funds. If you didn't know, we have a Patreon, and if you are a subscriber at the Patreon for as little as one Canadian dollar a month, you get access to our back catalog of exclusive monthly patron episodes and not just our back catalog that's right in addition to the back catalog you get a, an episode every month a future catalog that's yeah right. that's like 70 Ameri- i think we set our our monies to american because most of our audience is american oh, okay so, right. so i believe uh, it's one american dollar it's like one so canadian that's like a dollar so. 30 cents yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah depending on the exchange rate <laughs> you know pick your it's time covering wisely. it like a dollar 33 okay so uh, about one and a third canadian dollars <laughs> a month Listeners, uh, you can work out the exchange rate to pay us money on tomorrow's page of the wind.